Salam, I'm Alex, a small business owner and entrepreneur, and this is the Awiya podcast show where every episode you will hear an amazing Muslim woman's story of how they got started in their career and how they can help you take your first step to your amazing journey. Welcome to a podcast show. I'm your host, Alex Puri, and I'm here to share with you amazing women and their stories of what they've gone through to get to where they are today. And today's special guest is Sarah Sheikh. She is a mother of three children and has a master's degree in cybersecurity engineering. She started her modest clothing line in 2013, and she designs and manufactures her majority of her clothing here in the United States. Sarah grew her business to a multi-six-figure in the first few years and now focuses her time and energy in helping entrepreneurs start and grow their businesses through coaching so that they can contribute in making the world a better place. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you so much. Thank you, Alexandra. Thank you. So it's amazing that in the first two years, you were able to do a multi-six-figure because I know in clothing industry, it is very difficult um, to get started, especially now that there's so many different modest clothing lines. And I, I just want to know more about your story of, you know, how you got there and um, what led you to um, business coaching. But we'll start with, you know, how you started your business. So Alhamdulillah, just like you said, right now, there are a lot of them, you know, um, popping up probably every other month. So the market might be a bit saturated. And for new upcoming uh, modest brands, it might be a little difficult. When I started out seven and a half years ago, there weren't a lot of modest clothing companies. Number two, when I started out, um, I wasn't really intending to start a business. It was just out of kind of need, um, just people requesting or asking for what I have or what I, you know, the little pieces that I had, you know, that I was selling at that time. So that led me to see that not everybody has access to these items, right? Financially, it's just like physically getting the product. Not a lot of people had access to it. At that time, my mom was a businesswoman. She was traveling a lot. So she used to send me like a lot of different varieties of product from tea set, cookie trays to clothing, all kinds of stuff. And when people see it in my house, they would always ask. Alhamdulillah, I have a big circle of friends. So I noticed that it was like a recurring question. So I realized, okay, so a lot of people want this, but they don't have access to it. Let me see. Let me try that. So I decided to go ahead and um, did like an open house. I did not even have a website at that time. Majority of my tea sets actually never made it to the website. People were just coming to the house and buying them. And alhamdulillah, a lot of times, whatever I kept for myself would be gone because the next person would want it. So that just kind of helped me understand that there's just a need. So once I decided to take this route, I did an open house. I invited a few friends and uh, subhanAllah, it was incredible turnout. Um, and, and I said, okay, you know what? There is a need. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm usually on the computer all day long. I was already working in my field. So let me just go ahead and start an online store and see how it goes. And there, that's how it started. Now, what helped me get into the multi-six figure is when I put my stuff on Amazon, Amazon had not oh. allowed other countries to sell on the Amazon platform yet. Smart. So yeah. that was an incredible opportunity at that time. So that kind of tripled my business. Okay. It's not the case anymore because a lot of things changed with Amazon. 
right? So that is what it is. So what I'm trying to say is you need to capture the market when the opportunity is there. Right. So that's what helped me, aside from being vigilant and getting the help that I needed, hiring the right people. Um, initially, I tried to do everything by myself and that kind of slowed down my business because I was already working full time. But when I realized that, OK, this is something that I'm not really good at and I don't have the time for, outsource it. And that really helped you know, grow my business. And what things would you outsource? Because this is um, a lot of people I've noticed, including myself, we do, I do everything myself. Um, and then it gets to a point where you're so busy, you know, um, how do you decide and how do you choose who to outsource? You know, what these are probably something you go with, with your coaching, I bet. Yeah, it, it does. It does. And actually, we talk about this all the time because everybody tries to do a DIY mm-hmm. and it's not for everyone. Um, it, there isn't even a specific thing that should be outsourced because it all depends on you. What are you good at? You need to find out what you're good at and focus on that. And anything that you're not good at, outsource. Because when you're trying to learn everything and trying to spend the time to implement it, you're losing out on the opportunity. You're going to get burned out, overwhelmed, and you will be on the verge of quitting. Mm-hmm. So. The way to approach this is identify, you know, the tasks that need to be done in your business in order to run and grow your business. Once you identify those tasks, figure out what you're good at, mark those, and anything that you're not good at, go ahead and outsource it. Because number one, the expert will do it much better than you. Right. And even though you're paying them, honestly, they're saving you more time and money because the results you're getting from that is going to pay them and more. The time you're spending doing that is probably double what you're paying somebody else. Do you see the right. difference? Yes, I see what you're People saying. People always focus on, oh, I don't have money to pay, you know. Yes, that's what my yet. next question. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's like, I don't have money to pay VA yet, but how much time are you spending and what is your time worth? Yes, yeah. So okay. that's that's what you have to look at. I can see that question where how much is it? And, you know, you know, if you're starting up as a business, you're like, oh, do I have to pay um, this person, you know, to help me with that. But I think, as you said, you know, as you have, as you focus on what you're good at. And I remember listening to you in a live one time, um, talking about this very thing where you need to, you know, outsource. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is really crucial. Um, a lot of business, especially when they start out, they really don't know the difference. And also everybody focuses on, I don't have money to spend yet. If you think about what you would be doing and how much money that would generate. Even if you don't know your time's worth, think about what you would be doing and how much revenue that would generate versus you spending the time trying to do a social media post and what would that bring? You need to compare that. You need to compare where your time is well spent. And then some of the tasks is too mundane to even spend your time on. It's you know repetitive stuff, something too simple for you to even be spending your time on. So you got to identify where you can make a big difference in your business and focus on those items. And did you do that in the beginning of your business as, as you were growing? Or did you figure that out as you were growing? I figured that out because initially okay. I was doing everything. I was doing from taking a picture of my products. I mean, I had a... Um, a 
professional photographer to start with. Alhamdulillah, I started with a professional photographer. But occasionally, when I needed something quickly on a mannequin, I would actually take the picture myself, edit it, crop it, and upload it to the website. Quickly, I realized that, okay, all these little things are taking me time. I was doing the email marketing. I was doing the social media posting. And physically, you start getting tired. You start to realize that you're putting so much on yourself. So that's when I said, okay, maybe let me go ahead. And and, and then I started attending courses too, marketing classes. I started to, you know, um, put myself in these circles of entrepreneurs that have done it. And you start learning, you start, you know, to learn the lingo, you know, the outsource and what you need to focus on, what marketing you need to be doing if you're in this niche. Once you start opening up yourself to, um, different, you know, uh, courses or educations, just self-development in general, um, you start to learn that, you know what, I need to be focusing on this. Um, you need to start, you know, realizing what is the revenue generating task, what it is that I need to be focusing on. And you start identifying and slowly outsourcing. Um, you may not be lucky with the first VA that you hire, but don't give up look for another one. Always ask them questions before you hire them. Have they done this? Ask them, you know, what they have done. Always ask for reference. Okay. Mm-hmm. What led you to um, become a business coach? Because, because this is a different field. So 2019, Covered Bliss was kind of struggling because I made a lot of changes in the business. Um, the okay. economy had changed a lot. The, the, even the modest industry had changed a lot. So during that time, I ran into an ad by the coach that I hired eventually that she was teaching completely, you know, no thing. And I said, what the heck? What is this? Let me let me tune into it. And once I attended her five day master class, I was like, OK, this is different. Let me look into it. And I got it. You know, I went ahead and hired her and just being in that community taught me a lot. I learned a lot about um Number one, focusing on making a difference in the world, just basing my business and that giving uh, mentality. Um, before I hired that, I've also had um, hired um, another coach. Uh, his name is Akbar Sheikh, actually. He's in Dallas area. So between the two of them, especially Akbar focuses so much on giving. His motto is make more so you can give more. Mm. So that was like... Hmm. And Alhamdulillah, I was always giving through my business or even my personal, but this put things in perspective for me. I'm like, oh, I really want to, especially after running business for so long, you'll be like, okay, what have I done and what it is that I would like to do going forward? Um, I really shifted my thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, I shifted my thinking. I said, I want to make a difference. That's where I want to be. So I got myself really immersed in their coaching as well as in their communities. And then when COVID-19 hit, that was like, this is the opportunity to make a difference. So Alhamdulillah, business, you know, covered bliss. Our physical location was shut down because of shelter in place. And then um, business generally is slowed down because we carry mostly formal stuff, right? 
So when that happened, I said, okay, this is the opportunity for me to make a difference in other people's life. So I put my business completely on hold and I decided to start coaching the small you know, business owners on just understanding where their business is and just crafting their like system because I, I focus more in system. And I think that could be because of that engineer mentality that I yeah. have. Um, Everything has to work together. Yes. Right? Yeah. You have to have a complete system that really works together. Otherwise, what we call um, a leaky bucket, right? Mm-hmm. You've got leads, you put them into a bucket. And if your system is not working well, you're going to be leaking. And that bucket is, you know, what is called the funnel. When you bring, you know, traffic or leads, it, you know, into your system, and you want them to go through the path of purchasing at the end. But if you don't have a complete working system, you're going to lose them somewhere. So I started to focus on that and kind of helping small businesses put their system together. Oh, wow, mashallah. I mean, that sounds great. I like how you did it. Visually, I could see it. You know, I could see the people going to your site and then just leaving and then you're losing these customers that could be there. Right, right, right. Because not everybody purchases the first time um, they come to your website, right? So you need to know, you know, the technology, how to capture them back again. You know, you've got the retargeting from Facebook. You've got the retargeting from your email, from Google. You need to be putting all those in place. Mm -hmm. Well, that's wonderful. And, um, And you said you put your business on hold, or is that just that you're really focusing on coaching now? So, I mean, Covered Bliss is still running. Once things, you know, open back up, you know, we opened up our physical location, you know, we the business is running through the website, etc. But I'm focusing more on the coaching aspect of it, because that's kind of where my heart is. I would like to continue to coach other businesses so we can all make, you know, that impact and, you know, especially in the smaller communities. Alhamdulillah, I feel like I make an impact through my professional, you know, work um, already in the bigger um, aspect. But and then when you are in a smaller business and you work on individual entrepreneurs, you're making an impact in the smaller community level. And that's kind of where I want to be. I want to help the smaller communities, the smaller businesses. Um, so they can make impact as well. That's really great. And um, I wanted to know when you had a time in your in your business career that you noticed um, was really a darker moment. And what did you do to get out of it? And if you could share a story of, about that. So we've got we had a couple of moments that were you know pretty bad. Um, number one is 2018. That's when we first got our physical location. Um, it's more of like a warehouse plus um, a showroom. The day we signed the lease, I got into a really bad car accident. <gasps> oh, so, really? Yes. Yeah. Oh, Alhamdulillah. Oh, it's a really bad yeah. car accident. So I was out of work for like a couple of months. Um, it's just it was physically painful. So, yeah. you know, right after you get a physical location where you have this huge overhead, to be in a car accident and subhanallah um, we were supposed to be starting with some partners as well at that time and that partnership did not really go through so I decided you know what I think I'm better off doing it myself so when that accident happened it kind of left me to kind of manage and grow the business and do it all by myself of course with my family but it was a tough time it was a really tough time um 
trying to run your existing business and trying to run, you know, build your new clientele for this big space Mm -hmm. is not easy. So it was a bit of a struggle for about a year, a year and a half. But Alhamdulillah, you know what you just with business, you have to be patient, you have to have perseverance. Um, eventually you go through the hump and then you know there's a light at the end of the tunnel so alhamdulillah we're in a good place the other one was when we did um, amazon so amazon announced that you have to have trademark when you are brand registered and this is I, i want everybody to pay attention to this because not everybody's aware of this if you are brand registered and you don't have trademark they bump you out of your brand registry And we did not know that. And we did not realize that. And when you're not brand registered, everybody comes and tries to sell on your own listing, your listing, your pictures, your description. So a bunch of these Indian guys hopped on my listing and they were trying to sell my kaftan for almost half price. Of course, it's a copy version. It was not a legit copy, but it was actually a horrible copy. We actually ordered some of them to see what they look like. And I'm like, I'm actually embarrassed people would receive this under my, through my name. That's horrible. It was, it was, oh my God, the darkest time. It was horrible. So we had to actually go through legal action. Mm -hmm. Uh, Number one, to get our trademark, you know, done quickly, get back into brand registry and then get rid of these people. I'm surprised Amazon does that, allows that to happen, I guess. Amazon does a few things that will shock you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Amazon does a few things that will shock you. The minute they allowed other people to come and sell on the U.S. platform, it really messed up a lot of people, yeah. a lot of sellers. So Because people are expecting a good product and they're getting it from some other, somebody else. Not only that, some of them are out of India. So when people get this crappy product and they want to return it, they can't. Yeah, they would have to pay $80 to ship it back. That's crazy. It was if you read like the comments or the feedback, it's it was it was shocker. Yeah. But some people at the beginning thought that they were getting a covered bliss product. And of course, it was bad for us, too. So we really had to fight, you know, through legal. But Alhamdulillah, we you know we were right. able to settle that. And what were some things would you, you that you would tell yourself in these in moments like to get yourself out of these kind of, you know, thoughts that maybe were going through your head or, you know, upsets? Was there anything that really helped you remind yourself that things will keep going and it's okay? It's it's more than myself. Alhamdulillah, my mom was here during that time. So she would always remind me, you know, this is part of running business or this is part of life. We go through a lot of tests and trials and you just, just to be patient. So, we you know, we have to go through a lot of prayers and just remembering that at the end of the day, you know, Allah is there. He's going to help us to get through it. Um, you know, focused on praying, focused on what we needed to do at that moment. And instead of be, being frustrated about it, you really need to be proactive and know what you need to do to get yourself out of situations like that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it gets really hard. And you also need to have like network of people. Um, alhamdulillah, I had good friends and, and my family. I'm just so grateful for um, my mom and my my parents and my siblings were always out there for each other. And having that kind of relationship is incredible. We take it for granted a lot of times, yes. but it's incredible. So I'm, I'm pretty thankful for that. 
Oh, that's really good. Alhamdulillah. Yeah, my family is also, you know, we always support one another and we're there for each other. And it's, it really helps a lot when you're struggling yes. and, you're, and you're not a good place, mm-hmm. you know. Right. It really does. Yeah. It's not even the financial thing. That's just that moral support, the advice that you get and just having that emotional support itself is huge. A lot of businesses go out of business because of they get mentally messed up. Right. And they get drained. And I've noticed even bigger businesses, you know, talking about how they're so drained um, and they need to take some time off and they're exhausted yeah. and, you know, whatever. Yeah. You got to work on that mindset and come back because, you know, if you don't, if you're not in the right mindset, it doesn't matter how much money you have, to be honest with you. You won't be in the right thinking, you know, in making the right decision. So um, having a community is, I mean, there's actually a Japanese study. Oh, really? That talks about this. You oh. need to have, yeah, well, you need to have a community, a supportive community. You know, we call it a squad, tribe. There's a study that was done. People that are in a community are more successful because they have this support system. Yeah. Who would have thought Amazing. of that, right? Yeah, that's one thing that I did a study on. Oh. Um, and, and, you know, being in a flow, even being in the outdoors, yeah. That makes a huge impact in your business, in your thinking and being in the right mindset. So there's just a lot more to it, but you got to take the time and kind of be in that um, right mindset. And um, in your coaching, I was wondering, just for other people to know, what do you focus on when you are um, coaching your business clients? So right now I'm supporting both uh, product and service entrepreneurs. And mainly I look at where are they in their business, where they're trying to go, and then putting together this system so it can help them get to their destination. A lot of people don't have a final goal or they don't know how to get there. That's where I focus on system because knowing where your business is and where you're trying to go helps me understand what it is that you need in between. Just like when we travel, right? We first, you know, we, we know where we are and we, we decide where, where we want to go. Right. After that, do we take a flight? Do we take train? Do we take, you know, the bus? Uh, you know, somebody needs to figure that out because there's so much technology out there right now. And a lot of people get so overwhelmed that they may have a website, but they don't know what else they need to do. They have a website and they have a social media and then they don't know, you know, what else they need to do. Email marketing is the part that falls in the way back all the time because number one, people think it's either complicated or it's not even worth it, I think. And a lot of people don't have their email marketing set up and they forget that that's like a free marketing tool, a free nurturing way. And and it's a list that you own. Nobody can take it away from you. Whereas when you have social media account, Facebook can shut you down at any moment. Right. Right. So don't depend on social media. Understand what else is out there. Don't try to be perfect on everything, but know what your business needs and have that be implemented. You know, reach out for help. You want you want the experts to identify what it is that you need and help you integrate that. Sometimes a lot of people have like a MailChimp connected to their website and they send out just that simple email every other you know week or every week with it like a newsletter. But there is so much more to email marketing. There's a lot more to it. So just, you know, you can, YouTube has a lot of information. You can start with that. 
but at the same time, seek out, you know, some professional help so you can get it all put together at once instead of failing multiple times trying to figure it out. And that's what you do. You know, you, you yeah, you bring it, create a package for them. Yeah. And I lived through that. And I think that's what prompted me because when I started out, I did, I tried to do everything myself and I did it. I did it at the beginning, but then I realized there's a huge difference when you have professionals involved versus when you try to do it by yourself. And I saw huge growth when I decided that I was going to seek, you know, professional help. So that's the difference. And so what is it that you would tell if somebody wanted to go become a modest clothing seller? um, What are some advices that you would give in this day and age, you know, since there's so many companies that are coming out? I would say do a market research because you want to come up with something that makes you different. Mm -hmm. If you're just going to copy what is already out there, you're going to struggle, right? Because it's, it's getting so saturated right now. What you need to do is, you know, do a little bit of a market research, message your um, Facebook friends, or do like some kind of survey and see what it is that people are lacking, or what it is that people still need. Sometimes you can identify based on your own experience too, right? Part of Covered Bliss when we got into clothing is because based on my own struggle, we started out with Kaftan and Abaya, but whenever I tried to go to weddings and events, I struggled with finding a formal dress that is long sleeve. And it's everybody's problem. It's still right? an issue. I mean, it, it's still an issue. Yeah. So that at that time, it was a bigger issue because there were barely modest clothing companies in the US that you can quickly order from. So aside from the actual product, there could be services that are not out there that you could be offering. So try to be creative and come up with something that makes you different and just do like a little bit of market research before you start any business. Copying what other people have done is just going to put you in the pool of the market that's already saturated and it's going to be a bit of a struggle and a pill battle uh, to grow that business. And what do you think of, because, you know, I had a clothing, but I used to hand make everything and it was a struggle because of fast fashion. So do you have any, you know, feedback about fast fashion and, and this, you know, that a lot of people are having issues now as a business dealing with fast fashion? So, um, so the fast fashion, it, it fits certain category of people and it, it will continue to serve that community, right? That group of people. You can still stay within your handmade category of people because there are a lot of people out there that still buy high quality handmade product. You just need to find where they are and you need to market to them. Don't give up because of this fast fashion, right? Like my product, I make most of them here in the US, right? Even the kaftans that I make. That's amazing. They're not, yeah, they're not your cheap, you know, purchased in the Dubai market wholesale type. We actually have a company, a factory that we go through and we have got the highest quality of product, like the fabric and the beading. And so our price is higher. There are a lot of people that would prefer that high priced, high quality versus buying, you know, the cheap half price one. So you just got to be able to find where those people are and market to them. Facebook allows you to target a specific audience. So try to leverage that. Don't give up on what you do, what your craft is, because there are buyers out there that are specifically interested in that. Right? 
Yes. You just have to be able to find them and market to them. Um, well, that's, that's good to know because um, when I made the list, you know, the 200 plus businesses, now there's like 400, um, Michelle, there's a lot of people who are um, very unique and like handmade. And um, it's good for other people to hear this because I think a lot of people worry about fast whatever it is, fast products, fast fashion, you know, and, and to know that you need to market to the people who would purchase handmade quality um, versus fast fashion is, is very important. So yeah, it is, um, it is. Um, I, I learned through, you know, this process um, that there are just so many different kinds of people out there. Yeah, that's true. And we just need to identify their need and be able to serve them. So yeah, and, and competition is good. It's just when it's oversaturated that you want to try to step away and see how you can make yourself different, yes. differentiate yourself from, you know, the rest. So that is, that is the key to, to shine out of that crowd. Well, that's really great that you're talking about this. You're encouraging other women, other business um, owners. And so how can somebody reach you if somebody wants to um, learn from you and, you know, take up the business coaching, uh, if you can let us know. Um, how yeah, so business coaching is under engineer your goal. Uh, so we are on Instagram, Facebook, uh, we have a private Facebook group that actually, um, it's a support system that we have created. So I do a lot of free training in there, we have got a support system. That's kind of where we spend most of our time. Uh, but and then, you know, um, they can reach me through Instagram messaging or uh, Facebook. Um, and then we also have a website if they would like to read more about me and more about the services that I provide. But just just get in touch with me through messaging, because usually I like to hear where they are and what their goal is to kind of help them understand what it is that we can do for them. We kind of customize, you know, the path through, you know, to their goal, depending on where they are. Um, everybody runs their business completely different and their objective and their goal is also completely different. So, yep, that's where they can reach me if they're interested in the coaching and then Covered Bliss, they can also message me through there um, for the, um, so I do give a little bit of consultation for the fashion aspect too, because I do design and manufacture here in the U.S. Oh, um, great. A lot of people try to make clothing themselves or they think either China or Turkey is the only solution. Yeah. It is not. You can actually manufacture here in the U.S. So if you're interested, get in touch with me. I'll be glad to guide you through it. You oh, can actually wonderful. design. Yeah, you can design, make a sample, do a prototype and, and do the bulk order once you're satisfied. Because the sizing, when you do overseas orders, sometimes it's really messed up. I tried it one time and I said, that's it. Huh? Yeah. yeah. Sometimes it's so small when it's like a, a super large, small, like, super. Small. I tried to do China <laughs> manufacturing one time to see maybe if I can offer like affordable, you know, alternative. And I said, no, I'd rather stick to, you know, the high price because it's a much higher quality. And then the sizing, you know, we never had a problem when we, when we manufactured here. And the one time I tried to do China, it was completely messed up and, it's a total loss. Yeah. I mean, their body, the body shape and everybody is different, you know, it's like different. They... Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, I actually sent them a size guide. That's what oh. puzzles me. I'm like, you actually send them a size guide and they still mess they up. Still 
Yeah, they didn't get it right. So for me, I'd rather manufacture it here um, where I can actually see the quality and um, have a little more control over it. And you're also supporting small business or exactly. whatever business in the United yeah. States. Yeah. Yeah. The manufacturers here are small business. They're individually oh, owned great. businesses. So yeah. we need to be able to support them as well. Yeah, that's great. So Alhamdulillah, it works okay. out. And your website is coveredbliss.com. Is that yes. right? Okay. Yes. And, it's, um, and your Instagram is at? Um, Covered Bliss. Covered Bliss. Yeah. Yes. Perfect. So I'm going to put everything in the show notes and um, inshallah, somebody could talk to Sada and like get, get started, especially if you're starting your business, you know, you really want to get off in the right footing. I think you would be perfect. You know, the perfect Thank business you. coach. Thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate all your amazing wisdoms and words and advice. And I think somebody out there will really, really um, appreciate this conversation. So I'm really glad you're here. And I you know I really appreciate having you here as well. well thank you so Thank much. It was so an much. honor to be here. Aww. And I am glad to be just sharing my experience and, and the little bit of knowledge that I have with everyone. Because um, with knowledge sharing, you know, you can impact a lot more people. So Alhamdulillah, I was, you know, glad I'm able to do that. And it was exciting conversation with you thank so thank you. you so much for inviting me thank you so much thank you for listening to a we podcast if you enjoyed this episode please like and subscribe and join our awea tribe you can also follow me at awea.style on instagram and facebook and check out the amazing list of muslim and women-owned small businesses at awea.com when you support small business you support a dream see you later